Alright, so tonight we will be in Deuteronomy chapters 27 and 28. We are coming out of the long section uh, that covers chapters 6 through 26. So that's 21 chapters uh, we've been through. Uh, that was uh, Moses' extended commentary on the Decalogue. Um, and uh, so I hope that, that, uh, that going through that extended commentary... Uh, was helpful to you, and we know that we've come to the end of the end of a section because at the end of uh, chapter 26, beginning in verse 16, Moses says, "This day the Lord your God commands you to do these statutes and ordinances. You shall therefore be careful to do them with all your heart and with all your soul. You have today declared the Lord to be your God, and that you would walk in His ways and keep His statutes, His commandments, and His ordinances, and listen." To his voice, and the Lord has today declared you to be his people, a treasured possession, as he promised you, and that you should keep all his commandments, and that he shall set you high above all nations which he has made for praise, fame, and honor, and that you shall be a consecrated people to the Lord your God, as he has spoken. So these sort of uh, these words have a sense of finality to them. And then we pick up in verse one of Deuteronomy. Chapter 27, Then Moses and the elders of Israel charged the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you today. So it shall be on the day when you shall cross the Jordan to the land which the Lord your God gives you, that you shall set up for yourself large stones and coat them with lime, and write on them all the words of this law when you cross over, in order that you may enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, a land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord the God of your fathers promised you. So it shall be, when you cross the Jordan, you shall set up on Mount Ebal these stones, as I am commanding you today, and you shall coat them with lime. Moreover, you shall build there an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. You shall not wield an iron tool on them. You shall build the altar of the Lord your God of uncut stones, and you shall offer on it burnt offerings to the Lord your God. And you shall sacrifice peace offerings and eat there, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God. And you shall write on the stones all the words of this law very distinctly. So we see here that we we begin this section, there will be two chapters of blessings and cursings, and it begins with uh, this setting up of two um, monuments, one monument and, and one altar on the west side of the Jordan River. And uh, I would just say at this point uh, that this is a these couple of chapters will be uh, parallel in some respects to a chapter we have already seen and studied uh, in Leviticus chapter 26. So that was the chapter of blessings and cursings uh, for the first generation of Israelites that came out of Egypt. And so here we are having uh, these repeated in some sense uh, to the second generation. Of Israelites here in Deuteronomy 27 and 28. So the first monument that's to be set up, we see in verse 2, these stones coated with lime, and uh, verse 3, on those stones coated with lime, uh, the Israelites are to write all the words of this law. Uh, it's not uh, 100% clear exactly what was to be written. Um, most commentators, I believe, would say that uh, this would be the words of the, the Decalogue, the Ten Words, or the Ten Commandments written there, just on the west side of the Jordan, again as a monument and reminder to Israel 
of the the things that they have agreed to, the commands that they have agreed to obey as part of the covenant that God has made with them. There are also verse uh, 5 to set up an altar to the Lord their God there on the west shore of the Jordan River. And uh, they are commanded not to wield an iron tool on them, but that that altar should be made of uncut stones. Uh, this is a repeat from all the way back in Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 25. Uh, and at that time, if I remember correctly, uh, the, the point here, the reason why uh, the altar was to be made of uncut stones uh, was b- because... Um, the, it was not to be made ornate and to look like the altars uh, that were set up by the pagan peoples of Canaan, uh, nor was it to look like the altar that God had ordained uh, for the Israelites themselves. Uh, the Lord himself had fashioned those stones, and so they were not to be worked by the Israelites because they were perfect just the way they were. There's an exhortation, verse 7, for them to sacrifice peace offerings and to eat and to rejoice before the Lord Yahweh, their God, uh, as they are chiseling the words of the Decalogue uh, on the the stone monument there on the west side of the Jordan. Verse 9, then Moses and the Levitical priests spoke to all Israel, saying, Be silent and listen, O Israel. This day you have become a people for the Lord your God. You shall therefore obey the Lord your God and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today. And uh, Moses also charged the people on that day, saying, When you cross the Jordan, these shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And for the curse, these shall stand on Mount Ebal, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. The Levites shall then answer and say to all the men of Israel with a loud voice, verse 15, Cursed is the man who makes an idol or a molten image, an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsmen, and sets it up in secret. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Cursed is he who dishonors his father or mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who moves his neighbor's boundary mark, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who misleads a blind person on the road, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who distorts the justice due an alien, orphan, and widow, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who lies with his father's wife, because he has uncovered his father's skirt, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who lies with any animal, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who lies with his sister, the daughter of his father or of his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who lies with his mother-in-law, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who strikes his neighbor in secret, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who accepts a bribe to strike down an innocent person, and all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is he who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them, and all the people shall say, Amen. So here we have this charge from Moses again. Uh, Verse 9, be silent and listen. Verse 10, you shall obey the Lord your God and do his commandments. This is obviously a clear theme here in the book of the law, Deuteronomy. Verse 11, Moses also charged the people on that day. And and so he's splitting the tribes of Israel up into two groups, six tribes and six tribes. 
tribes. It's interesting here that the uh, the tribes of blessing, verse 12, are Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And so uh, just a couple of things to note here. So uh, all six of these tribes are the offspring of Jacob's wives, uh, Leah and Rachel. Um, and then the cursed or the cursing tribes in verse 13 are um, composed of a couple of tribes from Jacob's wife Leah, as well as the concubines of Jacob, uh, Zilpah and Bilhah. So just very interesting to to look uh, for a moment at who ends up where. Uh, So Reuben, if you remember, uh, was Jacob's firstborn uh, to Leah, uh, his wife. However, he shows up on Mount Ebal, uh, in the cursing group, and of course uh, that's probably because he had ultimately uh, lain with his his father Jacob's uh, concubine, and so uh, he had clearly fallen out of favor uh, with Jacob and with Israel, and so he shows up in verse 13 and not in verse 12. So you have Simeon, uh, Leah's secondborn, Levi, Leah's thirdborn, Judah, Leah's fourthborn, and Issachar, Leah's fifthborn, uh, there in, on the uh, on Mount Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing, and then you have Joseph and Benjamin, uh, and of course Joseph, as you know, uh, represents two tribes. He represents the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, and Joseph and Benjamin are the uh, natural-born children of Jacob's uh, beloved wife Rachel. So as I mentioned, on Mount Ebal, the Mount of Cursing, you have Reuben. Uh, You also have Zebulun, who is uh, Leah's sixth-born son. Uh, So it's interesting that he lands there as the last-born. But then you also have Gad and Asher, who were born to Zilpah, who was uh, Leah's servant. And then you have Dan and Naphtali, who were born to Bilhah, who was Rachel's maidservant. So uh, just interesting to, to take a look uh, at those to, to notice that, that Joseph's name uh, is mentioned here instead of Ephraim and Manasseh. And you also have Levi uh, mentioned here, who is uh, very, very often um, mentioned as being separate from the tribes of Israel. Um, the, a portion, God was their, was their portion, and yet they are listed here on Mount Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing. And apparently you have some Levites, perhaps, who are in the valley between these, uh, these two mountains just on the west side of Jericho, uh, perhaps the head of the Levites in verse 14. Uh, and they're calling out here. And, and it's also interesting to note that apparently you have a Mount of Blessing, which is Gerizim, and you have a Mount of Cursing, which is Ebal. And yet, uh, verses 15 through the end of the chapter... Verse 26, all we're getting is the cursing portion. And so uh, there's a lot of speculation about what this particular ritual uh, would have looked like. Um, Perhaps the the, the blessings aren't listed uh, here um, because the emphasis uh, here and also in chapter 28 is going to be on the cursings for disobedience. There are many more curses in chapter 28 than there are blessings uh, because uh, the the warnings for disobedience uh, are many and various and extremely serious as we will see. Um, And and then one could also ask why in verses 15 through 26 uh, these specific violations are mentioned. 
Um, it is also not exactly clear uh, why that would be. Uh, you have multiple, as we go through them very quickly, you have multiple uh, commandment violations, and we'll sort of rattle those off. Um, it, it, it could be that um, the reason these particular cursings are emphasized uh, is because these are the, the violations of God's law that are most prominent uh, in the land of Canaan. Uh, among the pagans, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and the rest. And so these are the ones that are in the forefront of Moses' mind, and he wants these particular violations to be at the forefront of the Israelites' minds as they head into the land of Canaan to displace the seven nations that are there. So very quickly you have second commandment violation in verse 15 about molten images. In verse 16 you have a fifth commandment violation about dishonoring father and mother. In verse 17 you have an eighth commandment violation for moving a neighbor's boundary mark. In verse verses 18 and 19 you have ninth commandment violations of, uh, against bearing false witness for misleading a person, a blind person on the road, and distorting justice for the alien, the orphan, and the widow. In verse 20, 21, 22, and 23, you have seventh commandment violations. So, um, of course, among the Canaanites, we know uh, that there was a lot of uh, sexual uh, fornication, promiscuity, and other uh, worse things. And so you have four uh, identified curses uh, for a violation of the seventh commandment about adultery, including bestiality in verse 21 and incest in verse 22. And in verses 24 and 25, you have sixth commandment violations. Uh, you shall not murder. You have uh, striking your neighbor in secret and also accepting a bribe to strike down an innocent person. And then there's this all-encompassing curse in verse 26. Cursed is he who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them, and all the people shall say, Amen. And uh, this perhaps might ring in your ears uh, from Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all of the words of the law. We see that in Paul's uh, epistle to the churches in Galatia. So there's this uh, ritual here um, as the uh, the two groups of tribes calling back uh, one to another. And again, as I said, the emphasis on the cursings. As we pick up in verse 28, um, there's an extended discussion here uh, from Moses to the Israelites uh, picking up on the theme of verse 27 and the cursings there, we have it begins with 14 verses of blessing, and then from verses 15 all the way through verse 68. So again, a much more substantial passage that uh, talks about the cursings or the consequences of disobedience. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I will read the first 14 verses and then move into the verses, uh, into uh, the, the consequences and the curses, and then we'll just pick up some highlights as we uh, finish out verse uh, chapter 28. So let me pick up in Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, with the blessings of the covenant. 
Moses says this to Israel, Now it shall be, if you will diligently obey the Lord Yahweh your God, being careful to do all His commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be when you blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and shall flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you. If you will keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your beast and in the produce of your ground in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. And you shall, and you only shall be above and you shall not be underneath. If you will listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully. And do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today to the right or to the left to go after other gods, to serve them. So, uh, I don't necessarily want to go through all the details here, except to point out a couple of things. One is, as we have pointed out over and over and over again in the study of the Pentateuch, uh, the first five books of the Bible, and specifically the study of the Mosaic Covenant, or the Old Covenant that God made with Israel, that it is decidedly a covenant based on if-then statements. If-then statements. Verse 1, If you will diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments, then the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. This is a conditional covenant. The blessings of the covenant are conditional upon the obedience of the covenant people, the covenant nation, Israel. And you can see that in verse one, you can see that in verse nine, and you can see that again in verse thirteen. The message could not be clearer that this Mosaic covenant and the blessings of the covenant are conditional upon the obedience of the Israelites. The other thing I want you to see here is that these blessings cover every part of the lives of the Israelites, the covenant nation of God, right? Blessed shall you be in the city and in the country and the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts over and over again, your basket, your kneading bowl, when you come in, when you go out, when you're battling against your enemies, all of these things in your barns. He will bless you in the land. He will open up the skies so that the rain will fall and God will provide all of the things that they need to prosper in the land that God has given to them 
if only they will obey. There is no aspect of the life of Israel that will not be blessed if they obey the commandments of the Lord their God, which Moses charges them here at the uh, throughout Deuteronomy. Right? And so 14 verses of blessing. Now, there are almost 50 verses of cursing. It is a substantial portion of the text. And many portions of the text in verses 15 through the end of the chapter in chapter 28 perhaps will make you feel uncomfortable. And so we will touch on those, uh, not because... It is my desire to make you feel uncomfortable, but these are the words of the Lord. And, and, and so what that perhaps tells us is that, that um, perhaps God thinks that uh, the nature of fallen man uh, is to be more motivated by the consequences of disobedience than by the blessings of obedience. So let me read a few verses, picking up in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 28. But... But, and usually we talk about in the New Testament, the word but is a gospel word, it's a good word, it's a, it's a word of blessing. But in this particular case, in, in Deuteronomy 28, the word but is an ominous word. It's in contrast to the blessings that we saw earlier in the chapter. So verse 15 of Deuteronomy 28, But it shall come about, if you will not obey the Lord your God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes with which I charge you today, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send upon you curses, confusion, and rebuke in all you undertake to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds, because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you from the land where you are entering to possess it. The Lord will smite you with consumption and with fever and with inflammation and with fiery heat and with the sword and with blight and with mildew, and they shall pursue you until you perish. And the heaven which is over your head shall be bronze, and the earth which is under you iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust. From heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies." You shall go out one way against them, but you shall flee seven ways before them, and you shall be an example of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth. Verse 26, And your carcasses shall be food to all the birds of the sky and to the beasts of the earth, and there shall be no one to frighten them away. So we'll stop there now. And again, we see uh, first here in these cursings, we see the conditionality of the curses. So we saw in verse 15, But it shall come about, if you will not obey the Lord your God, to observe to do all his commandments with which I charge you today, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. We see this also uh, in 
verse 45. And the word if is not used, but the word because is used. So if you go to verse 45, So all these curses shall come on you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed, because you would not obey the Lord your God by keeping his commandments and his statutes which he commands you. We see that again in verse 47. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart, for the abundance of all things. We see it again in verse 62. Uh, before verse 62, verse 58, if you are not careful to observe all the words of this law which are written in this book, and then in verse 62, then you shall be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of heaven for multitude, because you did not obey the Lord your God. And so it could not be any clearer again that uh, this covenant and the covenant blessings are conditional upon the obedience of the Israelites and the curse is also conditional upon disobedience. As we move uh, quickly here through the cursings, I just want to point out a few highlights. I read uh, at the end there, verse 26 of Deuteronomy 28, And your carcasses shall be food to all birds of the sky and to the beasts of the earth, and there shall be no one to frighten them away. This is uh, a, a manifestation of the curse that we'll see uh, throughout the rest of the Old Testament. Uh, obviously, carcasses implies death, and there's no one there even to provide a proper burial for the bodies as the birds of the sky, the vultures, as it were, and the beasts of the earth come to pick at those dead bodies. Uh, I, I want to see the motif of Egypt as well here uh, in Deuteronomy 28. So in verse 27, Moses says, The Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt the boils of Egypt. And so we see this motif of Egypt uh, reoccur in Deuteronomy 28, that these curses are so um, complete that it will be a reversal of the redemption uh, that uh, God performed with that first generation of Israelites in bringing them out of Egypt. And the boils there in verse 27 uh, are, are obviously a manifestation of one of the plagues that God uh, put on the Egyptians. You see in verse 38, um, Moses says, You shall bring out much seed to the field, but you shall gather in little, for the locust shall consume it. And that also reminds us of one of the plagues uh, that the Egyptians experienced uh, while the Israelites were in Egypt as God was manifesting his superiority over Pharaoh. Uh, you see in verse 60, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid and they shall cling to you. And then in uh, verse 59, actually if you go back one verse, then the Lord will bring extraordinary plagues on you and your descendants. And so we see the word plagues there as a reminder of what God did to Pharaoh and all Egypt as he was bringing out the Israelites into the Exodus. And then finally, in verse 68, And the Lord will bring you back to Egypt in ships. By the way about which I spoke to you, you will never see it again. And there you shall offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves. But there will be no buyer. And so this is a complete and utter reversal of the blessing 
of the Exodus, the redemption uh, out of Egyptian slavery and bringing them into the Promised Land. All of that will be reversed. That is what God is promising to them if they choose to disobey the commandments of the covenant that God has made with them and to which they have agreed. Again, we can see that uh, just as in the case of the blessings, uh, these uh, curses um, cover basically every aspect of the Israelites' life, right? When they uh, go in, when they come out in the city, in the country, the basket and the kneading bowl, the offspring of your body, the produce of your ground. So these are all encompassing curses. In um, verse 30 of Deuteronomy 28, you shall betroth a wife, but another man shall violate her. You shall build a house, but you shall not live in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not use its fruit. Uh, I, I bring up verse 30 because that is an echo of some of the blessings that God has already pro provided uh, to Israel, even as uh, they told them that when they go in to take control of the land of Canaan and they root out the pagans, uh, the seven nations who are living there in Canaan, uh, God had previously told them that they would live in houses that they did not build and they would eat from from uh, vineyards that they did not plant and they would drink from cisterns that they did not uh, dig. But here we see God reversing that blessing and saying uh, the very opposite things to Israel if they will disobey the commandments of the Lord their God. Skip down to verse 36. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you shall set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known. And see, we see, uh, so we see this, this threatening of exile, exile. And of course, we know that that happened uh, in the history of Israel. We have the uh, Assyrian exile or the Assyrian captivity in 722 BC and also the Babylonian captivity of the southern kingdoms in 586 BC and so God did make good on these promises to Israel however uh, the promises are curses in this case I want to point out in verse 47 because you did not serve the Lord with your God with joy and a glad heart and so this is not just about obedience but it's about a, an obedience that flows from uh, a desire a heartfelt desire to obey the Lord God with joy and a glad heart. The, the Lord does not honor a rote uh, ritualistic religiosity. And so uh, we should be examining ourselves as we as we obey the Lord. Uh, the New Testament, John says that the, the, the commandments of the Lord are not burdensome, but we should be obeying the Lord and loving one another and fulfilling um, the commands of the New Testament, the law of Christ, with a joy and glad heart. In verse 49 of Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the ends of the earth, as the eagle swoops down, a nation whose language you shall not understand. Uh, I won't go into a great deal of detail here, but I would note that uh, these particular items, the eagle swooping down and the nation whose language you shall not understand, these have ramifications for several texts in the New Testament. I would point you uh, to Matthew uh, chapter 24 and the eagle that is mentioned <clears throat> mentioned there excuse me 
and also First uh, Corinthians 12 and 14, as Paul is discussing uh, tongues there, I would I would note that there is relevance uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 49 and so I leave that for you to think about about the application there in the the life of the nation Israel and this same uh, nation that is brought from afar you can see verse 52 it shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted come down throughout your land it shall besiege you in all your towns throughout your land which the Lord your God has given you and so here as we move into verses 53 and following this is where we get into some of the very uncomfortable uh, verses I want you to see them uh, they are important because the Lord God did fulfill these uh, in the life of the nation Israel so I'll pick up in verse 53 then you shall eat the offspring of your own body the flesh of your sons and of your daughters whom the Lord your God has given you during the siege and the distress by which your enemies shall oppress you the man who is refined and very delicate among you shall be hostile toward his brother and toward his wife that he cherishes and toward the rest of his children who remain so that he will not give even one of them any of the flesh of his children which he shall eat since he has nothing else left during the siege and the distress by which your enemies shall oppress you in all your towns verse 56 the refined and delicate woman among you who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground for delicateness and refinement shall be hostile toward the husband she cherishes and toward her son and daughter and toward her afterbirth which issues from between her legs and toward her children whom she bears for she shall eat them secretly for lack of anything else during the siege and the distress by which your enemies shall oppress you in your towns so these are very difficult verses uh, to hear in many ways you have the cannibalism uh, described here as um, fathers and mothers uh, turn to eat the offspring of their own uh, body the flesh of their sons and their daughters mentioned here in verse 53 and then um, you have in verses 56 and 57 women uh, who are giving birth uh, but they are so hungry uh, they they actually eat the afterbirth which issues from between her legs and and um, this is because of course during the siege of the nation that has come from afar mentioned in uh, verse verses 49 and 50 uh, during the siege the food uh, has been cut off and the food runs out in the city and so the only things that are left to eat uh, are the children and the afterbirth uh, after a pregnancy and um, again extremely uncomfortable here however I would note that this was uh, true this came to pass uh, in the life of the nation Israel in fact on two different occasions the first time that it came true uh, was in 586 BC as the Babylonians came and uh, destroyed Jerusalem and and uh, burned Solomon's temple uh, to the ground um, that was the first time and then it happened again in 70 AD as the Roman armies came to Jerusalem and burned the second temple to the ground uh, we have uh, historical accounts of uh, both of those uh, sieges of Jerusalem destruction of Jerusalem in those two particular 
particular cases that the Israelites who were inside the city each of those times uh, turned uh, to uh, cannibalism as well as eating uh, afterbirth. And um, so uh, very sad, uh, but obviously uh, this was a result of the disobedience of the Israelites at those different times uh, during the time of the Babylonian captivity as well as the Jewish rejection of the Messiah Jesus and God poured out all of these uh, judgments on the nation Israel in 70 AD uh, with the Roman army at that time and so uh, I, I would encourage you to uh, to read and to study uh, what happened in 70 AD is a very significant um, historical event uh, especially in redemptive history and as, if that is not um, discomforting enough I would point you to verse 63 of Deuteronomy 28 uh, Moses says uh, on behalf of the Lord and it shall come about that as the Lord delighted over you to prosper you and multiply you so the Lord will delight over you to make you perish and destroy you and you shall be torn from the land where you are entering to possess it. So um, we see here uh, that the Lord will delight uh, in destroying Israel. And, and the only way we can understand this um, is that, that the idea that the Lord delights in rescuing his people, in saving his people, in, in demonstrating mercy and grace to his people. But he also delights uh, when his justice is made manifest and and what rings in my ears here in verse 63 is the text in in Isaiah 53 uh, where uh, speaking of the suffering servant uh, Isaiah says that it pleased the Lord to crush the suffering servant to crush his son Jesus Christ and and, and I know that's that's difficult to hear and it's difficult to comprehend uh, but I would encourage us to to meditate on it and to um, just to think about how God is pleased and glorified in the manifestation of His justice. All right, as as I wrap up here um, this evening, I guess I just I just want to note um, I want I want to end with a word of encouragement. As what does all this mean for us as new covenant believers and and I guess I, I would I would ask the following question where do we find the blessings and the curses in the New Testament in the New Covenant the answer to that question is we find them at the cross we find these blessings and these curses at the cross of our Savior Jesus Christ Jesus Christ was a Jew born under the law and as we know and affirm he lived a perfectly sinless perfectly righteous life and because of that he fulfilled the obedience of the law to purchase for his people the blessings of all of the covenants and not only that but as he hangs on the cross all of our sin, all of our disobedience falls upon him and he suffers at the cross in those few hours all of the curses of God. He suffers under the righteous wrath of God against 
sin and not his own sin but the sin of his people and he suffers the curse and so just as we finish up i want you to see in the new testament so go with me if you will to galatians chapter 3 this is paul's point in galatians chapter 3 beginning in verse 10 paul writes this for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse for it is written cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them that is deuteronomy 27 26 which we saw earlier in verse 11 paul says now that no one is justified by the law before god is evident for the righteous man shall live by faith that's habakkuk verse 12 however the law is not of faith on the contrary he who practices them shall live by them verse 13 christ redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree in order that in christ jesus the blessings of abraham might come to the gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith so all of these curses that we just read the justice of God against our sin falls on our Savior, Jesus Christ. And because of his obedience, he purchases for his people all of the blessings which we also studied. And one of those blessings includes even the very faith by which we are saved and in him. So rejoice, believer. Rejoice, son of God, daughter of God. Rejoice, brother or sister of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has purchased for you the blessings of the covenants, and he has taken upon himself the curses for disobedience, so that all that remains for us is blessing and glory in this life and in the next. Amen.